It's so hard to discipline ourselves to pray, isn't it? We think, is this doing any good at all? Is praying really helping? How could my little prayer matter or do anything? Well, today we're going to answer those questions on Love God First. Hello, listeners. So glad to have you back with me. We're in Genesis 3. We're talking about the fall, Adam and Eve, and their temptation with the serpent. And we've talked about this two other podcasts. So you might be expecting us to move on from there, but we do have one more lesson to pull out of the story of the fall before we move on. And it answers the question, why do we pray? What difference does it make that we pray? And more specifically, it kind of gets to this question. Have you ever thought about this? What was the devil trying to gain by tempting Eve? I mean, yes, he's the father of lies. We know this. We know he always aims to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus says in, in John 10. But was there something else going on? Yes, there was. And it ties directly into our authority in prayer. So we're going to be talking about that today. I hope you're excited. I know for me, the Lord has been challenging me to pray with authority as I study, and it's really transforming my prayer life. I'm I'm praying at a new level, and I hope that after you listen to this podcast and the next one, that you will have the same effect in your prayers as well, that the Lord will use it. So let's pray. Lord God, just open our hearts to understand your word today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, come and teach us. We want to hear from you. You have the words of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, just so we start off remembering the story, I'm going to read the first five verses again of Genesis 3. It's familiar territory, but just to warm us up. Here we go. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat from it or touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You surely shall not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. All right, we're seeing again, we're seeing again this interchange between the serpent and Eve. But before this happened, there was a backstory. Now, we're not told why, but this planet already had an evil spirit present before Adam and Eve arrived. And Satan was in that garden, but even before that, the first humans sinned. So notice that he was there. And then God had told Adam something back in Genesis 1 that's very pertinent to what we're talking about today about authority and prayer. So let's go back. I skipped over it when we were originally in Genesis 1 so that I could return to it in this very moment. And it's in verse 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And now verse 28, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule. There it is again, rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God placed Adam and through him all of humanity in charge 
of the earth and the animals. So we see God's very first command here too in verse 28, be fruitful and multiply. So recently a pastor and I talked about this this section of scripture and for me to really understand it he he took me to Psalm 8 and I want to do the same with you where David gives us a little bit more of an insight about these verses and about giving authority to rule over the over the earth. So let's go to Psalm 8. Again this is David so what I'm doing here is I'm laying a foundation and then I'll be explaining how all of this ties into prayer later, but let's go through this Psalm. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth, who has displayed your splendor above the heavens. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength because of your adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. What is man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than God, and crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea whatever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. So in this psalm, David's reflecting on that first command, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, that we just read in Genesis. And he's talking again about this this ruling, this rulership that God has established. Now listen, David was a prophet. And as a prophet, he's showing a really interesting thing here that those verses that we read in Genesis 1:26 meant much more than just ruling over the animals and the physical world and the key to understanding that is in verse 2 of this psalm so i'm going to break that down just a little bit but in order to do that to make it a little bit more easy to understand i'm going to read it in the king james version it says out of the mouths of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Now, this psalm is a prophetic revelation of God's purpose for the human race. And in particular, God had shown David the authority he had originally planned for Adam and Eve. Did you catch that? That's why those verses at the end were just the exact ones we read in Genesis 1. And David's pointing to one of the key reasons that God had commanded them to be fruitful and multiply. So like I mentioned, Satan was already present in that garden, but God had a plan to drive him back and establish his righteous rule everywhere. Like it says in verse 2, Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. That you might still the enemy and the avenger. Right there. One very important way humans were to do that was was with our mouths. So our mouths, amplified by the many passing generations, that's the babes and sucklings part, would still the enemy and avenger because from the beginning, God had given us the right to rule on his behalf over the planet. So verse five, you have made him a little lower than God and you crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. David wrote that. He knew it. Guess who else knew it? Satan. He totally knew about that. So he tempted Eve, and when she yielded 
That authority was broken, and he gained dominion not only over her, but over the human race. That's what Satan was doing in that garden. He wanted that authority, and he got it. Now, he usurped it. He's not the rightful ruler or anything. He usurped that authority. But that's what was happening. Fortunately, that's not the end of the story. Because Jesus came to earth. The Son of God became a man. He resisted the devil, died on the cross, was resurrected, and that changed everything. So pay attention to this. God sent Jesus. Yes, he sent him to forgive our sins so we could go to heaven. But it's not just for that. It's to restore our authority, which we'd forfeited to the devil, and to reissue our assignment to destroy his works. So remember, since God is good, his plans are good. So he always returns to that original plan, that plan in the garden. So if he didn't return to that, it would mean that the original plan wasn't good. So his original plan is back in place. So because we have the authority now of Jesus Christ, we can now still the enemy and avenger with our mouths through worship and prayer. Look, beyond our salvation and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, the best and greatest gift God gave us through Jesus is that restoration of our authority in prayer. We have been re-empowered. We've been reauthorized. We've been reassigned to destroy the enemy's plans with our prayers. That's how powerful our prayers are. Now, does that mean I can command anything I want to happen with this authority? Like, I, in the name of Jesus, I want a new car. No, no, that's not how it works. There's also a submission to this authority. It's Jesus' authority, and I'm partnering with the Father to bring the kingdom of God to earth. So when Jesus says, there's a lot of places where he does this in the New Testament, but one of the examples when he says to his disciples in John 16, 23, he says, and in that day, talking about after his resurrection, you will ask me no question. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you shall ask the Father for anything, he will give it to you in my name. So that last phrase, in my name, that's why we pray in Jesus' name. We're praying in his authority, with his authority, but also with submission to him. So Jesus is give, was given all authority. We submit to his authority, to his leading, and to his guidance. And then, then we're effective prayer warriors. So what does this mean for us now? Well, it means we need to be praying. It really means we need to be praying and praying with confidence that not only is the Lord hearing us, but that our prayers have authority. They have an influence on what happens in this world over the enemy's plans. And is, is there a plan? Does the enemy have a plan at all to uh, hurt and steal and kill and destroy? Absolutely, he does. And in our next podcast, we'll be talking about the practical application a bit more of how to pray effectively. But for now, can we just take a moment to be thankful for yet another reason why Jesus coming and dying on the cross for us was the best thing ever? Because of Jesus, our prayers change things in our own lives and in the lives of others. We've been deputized. We've been commissioned. And we just get to rejoice in that today together. I remember this one time, I don't remember what I was worried about, but I was seriously worried about something and I was at home. I don't remember where my kids were. Maybe they were outside playing. Anyway, my husband called from work and I was talking to him and I said, well, I am just really concerned about this thing. And he prayed for me and he prayed in Jesus name and he prayed for that worry to go in the name of Jesus. And this is what the remarkable thing was. 
I started this conversation feeling physically, feeling worried. My stomach had kind of dropped out. I was just, I had this burden. And by the end of that prayer, it was gone. I mean, gone. I remember thinking, how was I worried? There was, why? Wow. It's, it's so, it was so far from me. The worry was so far from me. It was like a distant memory in the past. I couldn't even get to it. That's the authority we have in Christ, that that worry had to go in the name of Jesus. So I'm excited about this. I think that a lot of times we it's easy for us to get discouraged. We don't see answers to prayer right away, or we're not really sure that it's having any effect. It feels like the prayers are bouncing off the walls. Let me just encourage you today, keep praying and let's go deeper in prayer so we can learn how to even more effectively pray together. Shall we? Let's do that. So on our next podcast, we'll talk more specifics. But today, let's just rejoice in the fact that our prayers matter and that they change things. Yes? So Jesus, we thank you that you don't leave us powerless to contend with the works of Satan in our own strength. Thank you, Lord, for that. You have given us a mighty weapon through prayer. And since we live on a battlefield and not a stage, Lord, we are thankful for the weapons of prayer and worship to establish your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice on the cross again. We're in awe of what you did for us, Lord, not just for salvation and for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but for this authority and prayer that you have given us. I don't know why you trust entrust us with it, Lord, but you do. And we're just so thankful. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe and give a high rating to this podcast so that more people will listen. And if you have any questions I haven't answered yet from Genesis, remember you can always email me at lovegodfirstpodcast at gmail.com.